Welcome back to the One Link Podcast. We're so glad you're with us today. We're going to continue our conversation with Micah and Peter talking about how to better have conversations to mobilize students. Today, we're jumping in with how to have conversations about mobilizing for a longer period of time. How about how do you have that conversation about talking about maybe a two-year term with them? Is that different than talking to them about a summer term? These guys have a lot of great insights and wisdom. I really appreciate them spending some time with us. Let's jump in. What about when you were when you were working for the IMB? So there you were mobilizing people that you didn't know. How did one-on-one conversations there differ or small group conversations differ compared to? I think in those settings, I had to take what I was given. You know, you talk to somebody at a booth, they're telling you they really want to go over. Usually you find out who really wants to go and it kind of dichotomizes. You got the people who really are interested in going and they're interested in the opportunity and those who are like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? And I, I don't have the time in that moment to generate the rapport to to bring that person who doesn't want to go to the other ed, the other end of wanting to go. All I can do is maybe tell stories of how going for me went well. That's one of the more non-threatening ways to share the gospel anyway, is to share your testimony. And then for those who really want to go, honestly, it was hard, James, because sometimes they're really eager to go, and I have no idea anything about the quality of their Christian walk. Mm. You know, like, I, I don't know if they're sleeping with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and, and I don't know if they're reading their Bible, and I don't know if they've ever shared the gospel before. And I'm so I'm really trying to, again, default to the scriptural call to God's heart for the nations, because I know that applies to everybody. And then in those settings, whenever I was an IMB mobilizer, this is why I think this podcast can hopefully be really helpful to mobilizers. My focus was way more on the ministers who had touches with those students all throughout the year than it was putting a lot of confidence in whatever I could say to them in that fleeting moment. So if I could get meetings with the ministers and give them some tools and maybe even reinforce their vision for sending people and give them an idea of the, like, you can actually do this. There's this organization called One Link. (laughs) 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 Then I felt like, ah, this is so much better because now somebody who has touches with them all year can disciple them into being a mission mindset Christian, a world Christian, as the the traveling team has said before. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I can add to that too, I I totally see how that plays out for you. And for me, I've I've never worked for the IMB as a mobilizer, but I do do a lot of mobilizing with my one link hat on for students that, you know, I've never met before as I'm tabling or as I'm speaking at a campus or something. And you know, I will say I feel like I'm a far more effective mobilizer for the UF students than I am for anyone else because of what you just said, that I really know them and I know more, at least more of them. I know their heart and I know their walk and, and things like that. Um, but I will say that I have found good success relatively. So that's again in air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Uh, I've seen traction in sending when it comes to going to the same places over and over again and actually having relationship with people because i think mo- a key part of mobilizing or really leadership leading someone shepherding i think all of those are relevant 
conversation is them having trust in you that what you are saying is within their best interest and within God's best interest as far as we know it. And that just takes time to build that trust. But as I've had the privilege of going to the same campuses and speaking, you know, maybe only once a year at their campus, I'm seeing that, and then maybe once a year at a conference in their state or something like that. So I get two touches a year if it's not digital. You know, I've, I've seen that actually turn into a relationship where I can encourage someone that ends up going later on. So it kind of takes the form of something that I would do with a student that's here in my local context, but it's a lot slower and it's a lot tougher. Because yeah. you, you don't have as much uh, of the quality control, hands on the quality control of the sending kind of vehicle. Yeah. So in, in that context, every time I am also working with the director or the pastor and trying to vision cast, hey, this is good and we're moving in a good direction, but we have not arrived at the place that we want to get to yet. I want you to be doing the job that I'm doing and I can just be the voice that just reinforces what you're already saying. Mm-hmm. Switching topics, how is it, do you see any difference? How is the difference? What about with somebody, maybe they've gone on a couple of summer trips and now they're weighing that, do I go as a two-year person somewhere? Um, is that conversation different for you guys or is it the same? And has that changed any in the last couple of years? Man, I so believe in the two-year stint. Uh, serving with a an experienced mission team. That's my favorite thing to mobilize people to, honestly. And so some of the things that I say, which you mentioned too, James, is that uh, it will enhance whatever you're going to do with the rest of your life. So you don't have to know that you're a career missionary. I try to provide some of that perspective. And then my favorite thing is to to bring in either my own reference to the stories of people I know who have gone for two years and are now doing a variety of things, or to actually get those people in front of my people that I'm trying to mobilize. Like n- there's nothing that compares. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was helping with the IMB's healthcare missions conference that was here in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And I was tasked with trying to do something, especially for people that are in, that were students in the healthcare field, whether med school or pre-med or PT or dental or whatever. And I was thinking, how am I going to help try and cast a vision for sin, like these individuals who are very highly committed people and high achieving people like saying, commit more. <laughs> and what could this look like? And I just immediately thought of this couple that I know who are both nurses that were journeymen in, uh, they were two-year uh, workers in China. And God used their nursing degrees to open up doors in a hospital and working in like health education in a hospital while they were there. And it opened up more opportunities than anything else while they were there for developing relationships and sharing the gospel. And so I reached out to them. Like I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years, but I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you two be willing? And they're both back in the States now. They work in, in the nursing field in Colorado, and they lead the missions committee for their little church in their little town. Um, and I said, would you guys share a video 
or record a video that would just cast vision for what you did, why you did it, and how it has impacted you today. And all the things that I planned and organized for that whole time with uh, healthcare students was fine, I guess. But it just felt like, man, the biggest bang was that video of this couple, John and Dana, who shared about what what could a life look like in that kind of context. So getting to your people to to come along with you and and, and help you re- recruit, man, that's huge. Excellent. I think one one principle that that kind of hits on that I'll just verbalize is that it's always easier to say, come with me than you should do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you can't say, come with me, because you're a campus minister, you're a pastor, you've got a family, you've got, you know, just other responsibilities during the summer, it's, it's still better to be able to say, follow in my footsteps as I have done this. You know, I did mm-hmm. this, you can do this too. Um, and I find as a mobilizer, as someone who has gone on multiple summer teams that I draw on those experiences immensely as I talk to people about what their summer might look like. But as someone who hasn't been on a two year experience, I can't say, come with me. (laughs) I can't say you should do as I did. And so I think that's really great that you pointed that out, Micah, because yeah, other people have walked that path. And um, getting those people in touch is really key. That gives them opportunity to have a voice again in the mission world or have an influence again. I spent two or three years uh, between coming back from from East Asia and joining One Link, which I was not in a missions capacity. And you know, I was still trying to be faithful. And I was still trying to share, and I was, you know. But it was so refreshing, so refreshing to be back in there. So I think inviting those people in uh, can be really huge. Last question I want to ask you guys, and then we better wrap this up. What about overcoming challenges? How do you overcome objections? One of the big ones being the, I need an internship. But what do you, how do you all go about overcoming objections? I think one thing that we have to recognize, whenever you're trying to cast vision, for students is that there's already vision being cast for them. Mm -hmm. And you want to try to identify what sorts of visions are being cast for them that they're subscribing to or that they feel the pressure to subscribe to. So for example, you brought up the internship idea. One thing that we saw at OU, and then I think it's consistent across the education system in America at this point, there is tremendous vision (laughs) pressure that is being cast for internships, almost to the to the extent that it's like, if you don't get an internship, your life will really be ruined. What are you even doing here at college if you don't get an internship? And then you get an internship and they're like, well, you know, but really if you did two internships, that's when you'll start to separate from the pack. And really if you do three internships, maybe that company will hire you. So there's this overbearing vision being cast for people in almost every field to get internships and you want to be able to unpack the vision that they're hearing. Cause there may also be vision from their family of you spend summers with us, or there may be vision for you better get a job and make some money back. Cause we've been paying for your school, or there may be tremendous vision being cast for them about summer camps or other types of ministry internship opportunities. 
So getting your finger on the pulse of what sort of vision is being cast to that student and being able to just dialogue about it and bring the vision for the nations adjacent to those visions, I think really allows you again to not so much have to be the bad guy that says, your reason for not going is dumb. Listen to me. But deconstructing vision a little bit and trying to build it back up adjacent with now with the awareness of God's huge overarching vision for the ends of the earth glorifying him. And then maybe you don't have to just be the bad guy so often. That's really good and insightful. Uh, digging digging in a little bit deeper to what's behind it, what's being driven. That's really good. Holistically, I have nothing to add. The, the final thought I have is a very practical one, and that is as you have these conversations at scale, you find that you're, you're having the same issues come up in the minds of people over and over and over again. So you'll learn to answer the parent question, you'll learn to answer the internship question, the money question, the fear of foreign culture question, the time current question. And so as you kind of build your muscle as a mobilizer, that will just only become easier. True. Micah, any final thoughts from you? No, I think, well, I'll say that the only thing that gives me any kind of peace about not living overseas is the opportunity to actually multiply overseas laborers. And so it's a it's a great privilege, I think, during the season of life living here in America to still be able to have a hand in seeing people go. And that's a worthwhile use of time and energy, whether you're getting paid for it or not. That's very true. Well, Micah, so glad so glad you came on our podcast today. Welcome back anytime. Uh, Peter, you're a pretty regular guest, but welcome back to you as well. Always enjoy hearing what you guys are thinking, and uh, we'll see all of you guys as better mobilizers later on the Link Podcast. Thanks, James. Thank you. Well, there you have it. I'm sure thankful for these two gentlemen for taking some time to talk about mobilization with us. I hope it has made you feel like you have some better tools and not tricks in your bag. I hope it makes you feel like you have better tools to have better mobilization conversations with the students in your lives. Next in this series, we're going to talk to somebody about how do you do mobilization when you don't know the students, when you're talking from the stage? How do we be better mobilizers from there? So stay tuned and we will see you next time on the One Link Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.